Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter here at Mike's Beer Bar. We're going to get you prepared with a full preview of Steelers versus Bills in the playoffs. Chris Carter, Brian Batko here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with one of our Steam Steelers beat writers, Brian Batko. We're here getting you ready for Steelers versus Bills, 1 p.m. Sunday for the kickoff time. It's going to be a windy situation in Buffalo. We'll get into all the elements of this matchup and what Steelers fans need to be looking out for if the Steelers are to be the first seven seed, upset a two seed, since the NFL expanded to a 14-team playoff system as always you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on youtube like this video if you enjoyed subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content that comes out from all of our pittsburgh sports writers here at the post gazette and a reminder that our show is brought to you by mike's beer bar this amazing place that i'm in right now mike's beer bar is the place you want to be because they have over 500 different available beers 300 of those beers are local 80 of those local beers are available on tap and you're always getting new ones and we'll talk about some of the ones that are here on this very list the friday flight that you all need to be sure trying if you're coming down here to enjoy watching some sports this weekend more on mike's beer bar later brian everyone's talking about this about this game in town right now and there's you know there's different things that are being discussed you know what's up with mason murdoff in the depth chart what's up with mike T? you seeing bill belichick and nick saban and pete carroll being removed from their jobs what about mike tomlin but the steelers seem ultra focused on just this game and this moment do you get a sense that they're able to block out the noise to kind of at least be focused going into this game I would certainly hope so. It's winter go home at this point. So mm-hmm. you, you better not be concerned about anything other than who's going to be on the grass up in Buffalo and what it takes to win this game and, and go one at a time. I think that that can be a benefit of being a seven seed sneaking in on the final day of the season and knowing that, you know, you're nobody really expects you to win. I think you can play, uh, you know, you can play a little bit more laser focus because if you're a team, that's expecting to go to the Super Bowl and you've got those expectations on you from the outside world as well. Probably difficult to, uh, you know, to take it a game at a time. But for the Steelers, we know they don't have that luxury. We also know they've been in the playoffs essentially for the last three weeks. Their backs have been against the wall since they lost to the Colts in Indy and were seven and seven. So they've, they've sort of been through this. That can work one of two ways. It can get you, get your mind ready for doing it again, or it's just the next step toward running out of gas 
at, at some point. But yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it's going to be a weather impacted game. I'm pretty sure of that. So we'll we'll see what happens with this team. They just need to have a better showing than in in 21. Similar situation where not much was expected of them going to Kansas City. I think they all tried to sort of keep things light and loose, and maybe he's a little too loose because they went out there and got completely outclassed by the Chiefs, and that was that. Uh, certainly, but this this Steelers team feels different. They, they, you know, they're they're not coming into this game thinking, "Oh, we're just happy to be here." You know, Broderick Jones. You know, he he put on his Instagram. He's like, "They let us in the door. Now we're ready to kick the door down." There's a sense that the Steelers are. I think the Steelers are much better equipped than that team was to at least battle against the teams of the AFC this this year. One, I don't think the the, the top teams in the AFC are nearly what they were that that year. Where Kansas City, the team that they played, was I think that was they went on to win the Super Bowl. So like you know they they were a tough they were a tough they were a really tough team. Uh, you know the Bengals were were t- were top notch that year. The Bills I think were better that year than they are this year. Um, you know there's there's a lot of things that go into how that how that year played out. But this year. The Steelers have, have seem to at least have found a run identity. In the last ten weeks, they've averaged 145 yards per car- yards per not carry per game, um, and uh, they've been they've been really strong on the ground since the the starting of Broderick Jones added to the lineup. Uh, with Mason Rudolph back, they've been on fire uh, on offense and efficient at, at you know at worst uh, when you see what when they've when they've been. And now you face a Bills team that. Still, this is a this is a Bills team that for preseason everyone's talking about this, this needs to be a Super Bowl year for them. But if the Steelers are going to claim anything in their favor in this game, what is the biggest factor that they have to achieve? Is it the run game? Is it the defense? What is the thing that they have to do most in your eyes? Chaos, probably. Thriving chaos. in chaos because <laughs> look, if you told me this game was gonna be early September, sunny skies, 70 degrees conditions fine for Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen, I'd say, look, Mason better come to play. Mason better be ready to outduel Josh Allen for the most part, or else, you know, you aren't winning this. But right. it's, that's that's not going to be what it is. It's going to be early to mid-January, icy cold. And, you know, th- that game against the Chiefs was, you know, there was no snow, but I remember from being up there, there was like an ice storm in Kansas City. Mm. And, you know, that didn't stop Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill from lighting up the Steelers, at least after a slow start. You know, TJ Watt had that scoop and score early, but the Steelers offense couldn't do anything. And the Chiefs took off after that. Um, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. That was the year. That's the Rams, right. But, um, but still, they had Tyreek Hill. They had Travis Kelsey. They had Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. They were able to cut through you know, any weather issues, but I, I don't think it's, I think it's going to be tougher for Josh Allen and company and his supporting cast to do that. You know, we'll see what the forecast ends up holding, but I think this is going to be more of a ground and pound game for both teams. I don't think it's going to be easy to just fling the ball around and let your playmakers do their thing. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be a, a lot on the trenches in this one, both offensive and defensive lines are going to need to come to play and make sure they aren't getting pushed around because that could be the difference and taking care of the football could well be the difference. And what I think is going to be uh, a little bit of a, you know, murky, muddy game where some weird bounces might happen and, you know, one or two mistakes could be the difference. 
Absolutely. And I think that when we talk about weather conditions in this game, normally when you think weather conditions, oh, you mean it's going to be snowy, you know, it's going to be, you know, piled up and they're going to be. No, it's less the snow in this game. There's going to be some snow on the ground, you know, from from the accumulation of the past days. But the big conditions are going to be the wind. And according to weather reports, they're going to see gusts of up to 50 to 60 miles per hour and sustained winds of around 30 miles per hour for the, for this game. I think that levels the playing field a little. I mean, if this game were in a does. dome, if this game were in a dome, I think it, it would be more likely that the Bills could just lay waste to the Steelers and no stopping Josh Allen and company with your sort of patchwork defense that's getting healthier, but still a lot of uh, backups and off the couchers in there. Instead, uh, you know, I think it's it's a little bit tougher to predict what the Bills are going to be able to do through the air. According to Warren Sharp, who's one of the big analytics guys out there, he said that the, the, the highest winds that we've ever seen in a playoff game has been 14 miles per hour. And that was pretty wild for the game that, that, it, that it was in, according to what he what he he posted an article about this. If this if the winds are 30 to 50 miles per hour, it's going to be something we haven't seen in a playoff atmosphere. And like you said, it will make this game come down to the trenches. I want to talk about some of those matchups in the trenches. The Steelers have to win specifically on both sides of the ball because whereas the Steelers have, have become a better running football team this year with the emergence of Broderick Jones, the one-two punch of, uh, of uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, the Bills have also become a better run team since they took on offensive coordinators promotion. Uh, Joe Brady and James Cook has become a big factor and Leonard Fournette, who the Steelers are very familiar with in the playoffs is also part of this team. We'll talk about the end of the side of this first break here in the Mike's Beer, uh, here, here in the North Shore Drive podcast, but we are here at Mike's Beer Bar, the number one bar in all of Pittsburgh. you got to get down here. It's the best place to come and enjoy a sporting event if you're not able to get to it, and if you want to watch the Steelers, why go anywhere else? They have over 20 televisions, so the game will be on on every corner. You can also keep tabs on any, anything else in sports that you want to be here. And while you're doing that, they have over 500 different available beers. In the next two segments, we're going to go over quite a few of them for our Friday flight that you got to try when you come down here. You can order a flight with all of them. There's three. There's 300 of those beers are from the local area. Eight of those local of those beer, local beers are available on tap at all times, and they're always switching new ones in and out, so you always have new options. That's why when we talk about flights in this show, we've been doing this for the past three months since the season started back. Back in, back in September, and every every week we've had new beers. Why? Because there's always new beers here at Mike's Beer Bar, which you got to come down and try. They also have steak on a stone, uh, where it's a, it's a steak that's brought to you on a heated stone. Each piece you cut off, you press into the stone, and you choose how well done you want each piece as you work through your steak. It's an amazing place, an amazing bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Come down here on, uh, on the North Shore of Pittsburgh to Mike's Beer Bar on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park. And when you get here, tell them Chris sent you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with our Steelers beat writer, Brian Batko. Brian, before we get into our, uh, our you know, some, some key matchups here between these two teams, I want to talk about the Grist House Clean Line IPA because it is a clean IPA. It is an easy clean shave IPA. for me and a clean line IPA. 
I was gonna say like you when you showed up to the facility this week with a with a beat with your beard chopped off and you just got like a like a like a nice look. You trying to look like me out here and stuff. I lost like five I was... pounds, I think, with that. My <laughs> face is cold now, though. I was pumping gas. I was like, "Geez, this is not good. I, this is a poor decision." That is that is the harder thing about winter when you cut your hair. You feel it if you don't got like I, scarves and hats on. I was just thinking postseason, fresh slate. I'll go fresh too. So here we are. Well, the Steelers are trying to be fresh when they take on the Bills, and that's what they're going to try to do with the run game. And I think it's not just going to be – they're going to need some pass game to, like, kind of back the Bills off because the Bills are, are no dummies. They they know the Steelers want to run the ball. They're going to try to bring it. But if you're if you're the Steelers, what is the big factor? If there's, Is there any, is there any per, uh, players in particular that you're expecting up front to be a difference maker that could get the run game going? Well, I mean, but first, though, to your point, I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, you – you overthink the weather aspect of it and it can actually work in reverse where the mm. defense, you know, defenders lose their footing, not necessarily knowing uh, where they're going to go or you know, if they're cold, it, that can be advantage to the offense. You know, if you've yeah. got a, an offensive player who's built for that and is able to use that quick change of direction that, that can. So maybe you do continue to benefit from these quick strike plays. If you're the Steelers in the passing game and, and right now the Bills secondary is probably the most suspect aspect of their entire team, uh, missing a bunch of guys, especially at cornerback, you know, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson from Pitt had to fill in for Rasul Douglas. So I, I'm a little bit worried about how they'll hold up, uh, you know, against the Steelers uh, pass catchers from their standpoint. But yeah, I do still think it's going to come down to getting it going on the ground. That's been the recipe and the formula for success over these last few weeks. Plus, I think you if you're the Steelers, you just want to try to uh, condense this game a little bit, you know, keep the ball away from Josh Allen just as much as you keep it with your offense. Time of possession can be an overrated stat to me, but in this case where you know the other team's probably a little bit more talented, certainly has a little more firepower offensively than, you know, using your big guys up front to set the tone and, like I said, shorten the game, play a little bit of keep away, um, that that can go a long way as well. And like I said in the first segment, clearly we know these last couple seasons when the Steelers win, it's because they win the turnover battle. They're mm -hmm. plus 11 in turnover margin, tied for third best in the NFL. The Bills are only plus two. If you only watch the highlight shows, you probably think they were minus 30 because of Josh Allen, but they're, they're still plus two and they're the two seed in the, uh, in the NFL. So that's, it's something that it's not their strong suit. Obviously it's an area where they've struggled at times. So running the ball, as long as you're not coughing it up, like Jalen Warren was in Baltimore, as yeah. long as you're not fumbling like Najee Harris did in Kansas city. And that game was pretty much out of reach last time they were in the playoffs. Then that also is a little bit more of a conservative game plan. You're not risking interceptions pick sixes, short fields, sudden change situations for your defense against Josh Allen. I, I agree. That's where you got it. You have to protect the football and you have to take it away, especially from a team that gives it away like the like the Bills do. Josh Allen, one of the best players in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. He led the league in touchdowns, scored as far as thrown and combined with his rushes, but he also led the league in, in, in turnovers when it came to quarterbacks. And that's going to be a that, that's going to be something the Steelers have to key in on. But I, I want to get back to the point that you made about time possession. There's sometimes time possession can be overhyped, but there's also times where I think it is also necessary to to possess the football. The Steelers, a perfect example. The Steelers just a couple weeks ago when they played the Seahawks, the Seahawks, Geno Smith was playing a really good game of football against the Steelers. They were bringing heat. He was dodging 
managing it. He was keeping plays alive, and the defense was running out of answers. But they they were able to find enough answers in that game because the Steelers' offense possessed the ball for 37 and a half minutes, making the, the, the Seahawks only have it for about 22 and a half minutes. And because of that, the Seahawks only had four drives in the first half and five in the second half. That's that's a major difference when you look at how that how that game played played out, and you look at um what you know what happened in there because when I look every, back every to that second, game, every second that ticked off the clock with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren was one that yep. DK Metcalf wasn't taking the top off the defense and and changing the whole complexion of the game. Exactly, and a perfect example is that Chiefs game that you're talking about. The Steelers were in that game up until about midway through the second, like like six minutes left in the second quarter. Oh no, I even say three minutes left in the second quarter is when the Chiefs really started to take take over. But the Steelers were in that game. The defense was, you know, had forced two punts, an interception, another punt, a fumble return for a touchdown in its first drive. The problem was there were eight first half drives by the Chiefs because the Steelers kept going three and out and three and out and three and out and three and out. And that's what the Steelers need to not do in this game they need to not give josh allen eight chances in the first half to figure out what their defense is they need to keep the, it the Steelers punted on every drive of that first yep. half in kansas city yep they never made it past i think their own 40 mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that was that was just a uh talked about recipe for success that was a recipe for disaster it was a re- exactly, and that was. I, I think the defense they came out with an initial plan to say, "Hey, we can contain the Chiefs for a little bit, and if we possess the football, we stand a chance." But they, but after that, it was like, "Well, we 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 spent those bullets on that thing, and that was and that's why it's gone." But you know, a perfect comparison: the Seahawks only four first half drives, only five second half drives in that game. That has to be the pace of this game. The Steelers need to possess the football, keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, and I think if you do that, and if you can get an early score or two, you can go up ten nothing, ten three, something like that, and then you take that into the second half. Josh Allen's going to be pressed to make play. He's a guy. He's he's a he's a gunslinger. He wants to be the hero. He wants to be the guy that saves the Bills. That's where you can put him in enough pressure to make the big mistake and then cause the costly turnover that get that flips it in your favor. And we'd be remiss not to mention, uh, to wrap up this segment, that the player who usually tends to force those mistakes, spark those turnovers by the mm-hmm. offense, get the Steelers' mm-hmm. defense going, yep. is T.J. Watt. And he and will he's not, not be, there. He will not be on the field Sunday at at 1 p.m. or at 3:50 p.m. if they need a big play off the edge. You know, I've I've got more belief in his backups than I have since I've been covering the team. When you look at Nick Herbig and mm-hmm. Marcus, Cole, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Melvin Ingram was really good week one in Buffalo in uh, in 2021. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we he's in Miami now, so uh, he got cooked by the Bills uh, Sunday night. But yeah, I mean, the backups are are a lot more capable of impacting the game than they have been really since they traded Melvin Ingram at that deadline. So you know, it's easier said than done. Nick Herbig and Marcus Golden aren't going to be TJ Watt, but if, if they can just minimize the drop off from him to the next guy. And I think Golden's probably going to start, but that's not a bad thing. That's it's almost like the Najee Harris, Jalen Warren duo on offense. You know, you, you get a bigger guy in there in golden, maybe with some bull rushes, some power, and then you throw mm-hmm. the fastball at them with Nick Herbig really on either side, because Alex Highsmith, he could go iron man. He could play every snap. He's done that before, but I think you're probably going to try to rotate a little bit among the three and, you know, Deion Dawkins has a has a nice resume in the NFL on the left side for the Bills, but he ain't Trent, Trent Williams. And on the other side, Spencer Brown is humongous, even by NFL right tackle standards. Big. 6'8", 3'10". That's a lot of length. 
the key I think is going to be, can a guy like Nick Herbig use that to his favor, use that to his advantage to go from, you know, speed rushes, get, you know, bend around the edge, uh, work, you know, make Spencer Brown's size and lack of mobility work against him. Uh, it's it's going to be really fun to watch that game within the game. One of the one of the moves that we, we we were talking about during training camp that Nick Herbig was showing a lot of was his ghost move where he kind of present he'll present his shoulder as a tar- as a striking target and if the offensive tackle lunges for it he can just dip under it and that's the move that he does that's what you do against bigger guys when you're smaller and quicker and faster the question is can he do it consistently enough and get Spencer Brown to bite on those yeah. type of things and can they get those mismatches yeah and the flip side is if Spencer Brown gets his hands on him he might it's get- over. Herbig yeah. might get blocked out of the screen. So, right. Uh, so we'll see. That'll be fun to watch for sure. Absolutely. Let's get to, we'll get to our predictions and our, our final thoughts on this big matchup Steelers versus Bills here on the North Shore Drive podcast. And reminder, though, one of the beers of, of the Friday flight that you need to try out is the Conan Super Crush IPA. It's another IPA beer. It's really rich. It's really, it's really great. It's clean. And I think that's one of the things that you come down here at Mike's Beer Bar. You're trying all these different types uh, of, of beers. There's a couple more that I'll discuss in this last segment here. But also, we are sponsored by Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. Um, they're they're mesothelial and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. Consultation that's Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way that you need to buy tickets right now to your next sporting event, concert, comedy event, theater event. Whatever it is, Game Time's most likely got tickets for an for a th- for an event near you. you. If you ever had to buy tickets and you're running down to the last minute and you're thinking, well, I was trying to save money on it, so I'm going to go to the ticket booth and see what deals I can get, or I'm going to see what scalpers can get on me. Don't do either of those options because Game Time gets you the best of both worlds. It gets you the official view from the seats that you're not, you're not getting scammed, like when you go to the ticket booth and you know that you're getting the view that you actually want. But it also gets you the best prices like you're trying to get when you're picking off tickets off the street. Game Time is an app you can download right to your phone and get, get tickets looking right at your phone for free and they're getting you the best discounts on all the prices. Game time is so confident that they're getting you the best prices. They have a best price guarantee. I promise you, if you get tickets through game time to an event and you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of the difference of those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app today. And, and, and when you do, Make sure to put in the code PITT PIT to get $20 off your first purchase when you go to when you go to gametime.co, the website, or you download the game time app. Again, that's create an account and redeem code PITT PIT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko here at Mike's Beer Bar on the North Shore of Pittsburgh. Another beer that you guys need to try, and it's a different it's a different flip up here, the Abjuration Butter Beer. It is fantastic. It is my favorite beer on this flight. I, I, was, I was like, butter beer? Like, I don't know. Harry I've heard about Potter. that in Harry Potter. Exactly. But, Brian, it's something that you got to put on your Friday flight and you coming I've, down to I've Mike's I've had Beer Abjuration Bar. before. They have some very... Uh, unusual beers but I've, I've liked a lot of what i've tried from them they do the the, the typical stuff well too so shout out Abs- to them Ab- absolutely but that's where that's why mike's beer bar is special you get the you get the normal beers and you get the ones that you're like i never thought that was even yeah, possible i don't have to Come drive on. from shaler to mckee's rocks to get it and just go to mike <laughs> exactly mike's is the best place to be let's get into some some predictions for this game okay so we talked about the run game and people are probably sitting there saying, yeah, T.J. Watts out, but Mika Fitzpatrick's back. Brian, with Mika Fitzpatrick and Demonte KZ back, 
Um, I expect Patrick Peterson to move back to cornerback because then they, the Steelers can get a full compliment, uh, the, the fullest compliment they've had to their secondary in over a month now. If they're able to do that, what can that do to help the defense kind of maybe neutralize? You can't take away Stephon Diggs. You can't take away the passing game from the Bills. They're too talented. But if they do take to the air and they're able to try to you know operate in the wins, what can the secondary do to try to neutralize that factor of the game? Well, you got to try to take Stephon Diggs out of it with Joey Porter Jr. as much as possible. And that's going to be, I mean, I mentioned Nick Herbig, Spencer Brown, when they're matched up against each other, that probably the best one-on-one battle as it tends to be with this, you know, very fun, brash rookie corner for the Steelers type of player they have not had in years is, is Joey Porter Jr. versus Stephon Diggs. You know, I, I assume he's going to shadow him the best, you know, the best receivers that he's faced so far in his career, he has been on them, uh, traveling with them, and it's a testament to him. It's credit to Mike Tomlin, Terrell Austin, and their defensive game plan for getting out of character for how they usually operate and allowing a, uh, a young gun to be that lockdown guy. I would say the player that he's had the close, you know, the, the player he's faced who's the closest skill set-wise, size-wise to Diggs is probably Jamar Chase. And since he, he's got a little more straight line speed at this point in his career, I bet. But mm-hmm. you know, Joey Porter Jr. did a good job against Chase and in, in his, you know, he's maybe he not as good of a route runner as Diggs, but um, held him to four for 80. But two of those were very fluky off tips. So it was really like two catches for 36 yards, I think, Chase uh, with Porter in coverage. So, I mean, I, I like Porter's chances there, um, but, you know, Diggs is. He's always open. There's a reason why he's one of the best receivers in the league and just kind of quietly uh, another thousand yard season again this year. That's why that's why I asked Mike Tomlin about Stephon Diggs. And I, I, he talked about him answer. being the best. Yeah, he, he, he gave a great answer. He, he praised like the heck McCardell should be the Steelers next wide receivers coach, although I guess <laughs> the, the Vikings probably like having him over there. Yeah, you know he's doing a pretty good job with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison yeah. over there. I think they, they 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 he wouldn't mind working with those guys a few more years. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, Stevon Diggs is going to bring that challenge. But like Joey Porter Jr., like you said, Jamar Chase, he, he did a pretty good job against T. Higgins, who's another really good receiver. I think he did a really good job against DeAndre Hopkins when they told him line up with him all game. Cooper Cup when he was up when he, when they were up against them. I, I look at Joey Porter Jr. and yes, he can get handsy, and he's he's committed you know quite a few penalties th- this year, but he's also allowed the the small the best percentage completion percentage. Uh, of all NFL cornerbacks that have played at least 360 snaps in coverage this year at 45.2% when quarterbacks are targeting. He's also allowed the fewest receptions of any quarterback cornerback who's been targeted 50 times this year. That's why they drafted him. They drafted him to be to be to be contested to make sure that hey, I'm going to close the passing window as small as as small as possible. If you make a great catch, congratulations to you. But I'm going to make you have to be perfect. And that's one thing that he does very well. Thing is, Stephon Diggs can be perfect. They're going to have to, I think one thing he has to do is force Stephon Diggs to play one of the best games of his career in this game. And Stephon Diggs, no slouch to stepping up in big moments. We've seen him with the Vikings and the Bills over the years. Step He's up played in the moments. snow in Buffalo, too. So this it, is absolutely you know, new for him. Absolutely. And I think that's where the Steelers come in. But I, I think also one thing the secondary can do on top of, you know, guarding against Stephon Diggs is when Josh Allen, when he makes mistakes, oftentimes he's trying to he's trying to kind of extend a play. He's trying to gunsling. One, you have to contain him. 
You have to use like as much as you need those those guys up front to get pressure. You also need a plan to make sure that he can't just kill you with his legs to take away to enforce him to have to throw the ball in situations where they didn't get the initial matchup. They didn't get the initial, you know, hot, hot route that they thought that, that would that would be open. And part of that's going to be just, you know, properly disguising looks, knowing the kind of things that Josh Allen wants to see in, in defenses and then in disguising it, making him think it's there and then taking it away with the post snap adjustments. And with Minka Fitzpatrick back with DeMonte KZ back with Peterson, maybe being back at corner. Uh, I think also Shannon Sullivan has stepped up. They have the personnel to do those things on defense. The question will be, can Terrell Austin and this defense put together a plan that will make that a reality on Sunday? I also think special teams could be a factor in this game. I mean, when, Absolutely. when you get into uh, you know conditions such as this, funky things can happen uh, in, in the kicking and punting game. And you know Tyler Bass has a big leg for the Bills, but we know that Chris Boswell's been in these uh, high leverage situations before too. So I think, uh, I think that's another area that, that could come into play is just uh, which, which of those you, and I should mention big reason why the bills are even here right now, Deontay Hardy with the 90 uh, some yard touch yep. return touchdown to really flip the script and beat the dolphins on Sunday. That was a, that was a big part of the story because they gave the Dolphins or gave the Bills a boost in that game uh, when they absolutely needed. They also had that that tip pass pass catch for a touchdown. That's another thing about this, Brian. And I, I, as we get to our predictions, I want to ask you this version of the question because we talk about matchups, but there's a lot of people out there who think the Steelers don't stand a chance. Who think that the Steelers, this Bills team, is just going to mow them, bowl them over? There's gonna it's gonna be a blowout from the start. It's gonna look a lot like that Chiefs game from two years ago. And, you know, I, I hear that the Bills are a talented team. And listen, the Bills have been they've been on, the, on that team that's been on the cusp. Everyone's been saying for the past several years that this is their year. This is their year. This might be one of the last this is their years that they're going to have with this current core as it's currently constructed. Is Do you have a sense or what if, if you do have a sense that this game isn't going to be a blowout? What leads what, what's the biggest factor you think that plays into the Steelers making this a bigger game than maybe some are giving them credit for Mostly just the elements and and possibly some weird things happening uh, with with the weather and and all that. I mean, I mentioned I think the steel uh, Bills corners are suspect, and I, I like the Steelers wide receivers uh, on a you know in a vacuum in those matchups. But again, I don't know how well anybody's going to be able to throw the ball. That all just makes this too difficult for me to think that the Bills are going to roll. I mean, ten point spread. Seems like a lot. lot. It seems like a lot to me when you know that there might be external factors that make this not a simple, uh, you know, their roster versus our roster. So, um, but all that said, the Bills are on a roll right now this season. Five in a row. Sean McDermott was going through a lot of turmoil five or six weeks ago, much of it self inflicted. But instead of going in the tank, they have simply uh, got off the mat and been even better been the type of team that a lot of people expected they would be this year. And as far as the external factors and the intangibles, this group is a lot more playoff tested and battle tested than the Steelers. They, they do this every year. Steelers weren't in the dance a year ago. We know how much turnover there's been, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think they have 18 first or second year players who have obviously never been in a postseason game. So that's probably advantage bills too if you put much stock into that. But um, I don't know. Should we get? Should we just give our predictions now? That's what I'm going to ask you next. Talking? All right. What's let's your do What's it. your final score prediction? Let's do it. Like I said, I don't think the Bills cover ten, but a lot of the things that I just laid out there, and plus Josh Allen, even if it is bad weather, I think the beauty of him as a player, 
He's he's not just a, a quarterback. He's not just a passer. He's an all-around threat. I think he'll find a way to score points and get it done. Maybe the Steelers hit on a big player two to hang around, but I'm going to go Buffalo 24, Steelers 18. 24-18. That would be a that would be a one-score game. I just had to do math in my head real quick. I'm with you that it's going to be close. I think with you it's going to be down to the wire. I think that these elements do play a big role in this. I think that the Steelers you know, are, are able to capitalize on it for a bit. The question I'll have is can they flip those turnovers in their favor? Can they get the secondary to make a big play? And can they get a big special teams play? I think that they get one, one of those special teams plays that happened when they won in Buffalo back in 2021. The, the, I think the they get a first Miles Killebrew punt block as a Steeler. Absolutely. That's where I think it comes down to. I actually have the Steelers winning this game 23-21 in a, in, in a crazy finish that gets that, that, that seems chaotic. Like that's the first word that you said on this podcast, chaos. I think that's what the Steelers bring in this game. They get a, They get a huge upset win in Buffalo. Granted, like you said, if the winds don't come, and if this is if it's a, if it if they calm down, they're more like five to ten miles per hour winds. I do think Buffalo controls this game, but with the conditions wow. as they are, Steelers run the ball, they control the pace of this game, and they they squeak out a victory to move on to the next round. What's the ABV on that butter beer there, Chris? How many how many drinks are in eight, that flight? Eight point five. You know. And <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which, we we're also finishing off that flight with the All Saints Crimson Halo, which is also a nice beer. It's a different switch up from the other, the IPA and the butter beer, but it's a great way to finish your flight. Come down to the to Mike's Beer Bar to experience all the different flights of beers you can get with over five hundred beers to choose from, three hundred local beers and eighty local beers available on tap. He's Brian Backyo. I'm Chris Carter. This has been the North Shore Drive Podcast. Our crew will be there in Buffalo. Covering this game live, you can find all of our coverage at postgazette.com. And of course, we'll have our post game thoughts here on this podcasting channel from our guys uh, Ray and Jerry, who will be on who will be on site. And then, of course, after this game, we'll also have the North Shore Drive podcast coming up Monday, where we recap what happened in this game. Are the Steelers moving on? If they're not, what was the biggest cause of it? And what are the biggest questions heading into the offseason? We'll see you here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.